interactions with others, both in and out of the workplace. Why do I say that? Critical thinking is also inherently about perspective. You have to understand the way you think, and in order to effectively problem solve, you have to try to understand the way other people think. And we simply don't do enough of that. That's the real challenge. And that's why critical thinking is so very important. You can do this, even with people that you think you might not like. At the very least, if you try to internalize their perspectives and understand their behavior, then maybe you can walk yourself forward to a period of resolution, at least for that moment. You know, you guys might be working hard on the project, and the guy across the table from you may suck. I mean, you may really not like this dude for whatever the reason. But maybe you just need to pause for a minute and try and figure out where they're coming from. That's the thing you have to consider, and that is a very core tenet of critical thinking. You need this skill in order to lock the job and then advance your career. At BDPA in Atlanta, we've been running this whole thing as a theme. So when I say lock the job, it is not just about trying to get up and get out and find your first job. It's about people in transition. It's about people in position at an organization who are trying to get promoted. It's all about what it is you want to do next. And in order to do that, most of us don't plan. We simply gather our information, put a resume together, and we launch out. Well, that's not launching effectively. You're not going to get there. You, you won't make it. Or you may. You may be a little lucky. But why don't you hedge your bets? Why don't you think critically about the situation and plan effectively? That's what locking a job is all about. You need this skill in order to more effectively solve problems. I won't belabor the point. That's what this whole thing is about. In essence, in total, you need this skill to grow your life. And that's why I think it's so important. If you're going to get to the next level, no matter what it is, you need to be critical thinkers. So you set the basis. As aspiring critical thinkers, we operate from facts, logic, common sense, passion, and perspective. In this, we harness the power and recognize the necessity of a critical thinking mind. I just want to let that settle for a minute. I mean, does that make sense to you? I mean, I want you to just think about the human condition while you look at that statement. Because we, we aren't, what is it, Vulcans? You know, we're not cold, logical, we're not computers even though we work on them. We're human beings and we're full of emotion. We're rife with it sometimes. It's what makes us angry. It's what makes us fall in love. But we are not just that. We are these other things as well. And if you bring them together and think logically and rationally and appropriately, then you can problem resolve. That just really means for each of you, take a deep breath and step back and apply your mind to the problem. That's what critical thinking is about at its core. I'm not trying to divorce you from your emotions. I'm trying to ask you to embrace them and use them more effectively. If you're passionate and you go through a phase of anger because you're in a situation, then you stop and you think and you work your way to resolve. You use the tool that I'm gonna show you, 3FE. You plan it out. You say, I know what the problem is. And even though I'm very emotional about it, I can slow myself down and figure this thing out. Question. Shoot. Okay, back to you last night. We know in all people, all of those things, fact, logic, common sense, passion are not in balance. That's right. When you meet two people who are diametrically opposed, how do you work through that? I love that, and you use one of my favorite words, diametric. We're, we're going to get there. So I'm just going to hold off on that. There's, there's, a, there's a way to get through it, but again, it really does go back to what I just said. Would you be willing to stop? I mean, I'm, I'm asking all of you. You're in the middle of a hot argument, and you know, I think most of us have seen world star hip-hop. <laughs> we know how this can go. 
amongst our ethnicity, we even got a phrase for it. It's a moment, right? Right? All right, but we don't want to dive into that. Can you stop? Can you stop? I mean, that's a serious question. Can you stop? We don't do that. As a rule, we generally don't. And the person who stops controls the velocity of a given argument or a debate. You're the person that manages it. And if you're going to be the, th the critical thinker and rise above in a given situation, you need to be able to throttle yourself and stop. You say, this is going nowhere. I'm going to take a breath. I might even have to step out. I see you, you old ugly. Oh, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I'm going to get right back to you. You know, but I'm going to stop. And I'm going to think. I'm going to use what I've been given because I know I'm going nowhere now. We fall into these situations every day. It's happening right here. Even at this conference, there are arguments going on. And if we would think critically about the arguments, maybe we could find the right path, something we all need to think about. So again, so what is it truly about? All right, this is another thing that I came up with, and it comes out of the first book. And what I was trying to do was for myself personally, figure out what success was really about and marry that to my passion for critical thinking. So, you know, it's real simple. I took one word and added it to the other, right? Critical success. It's the planned achievement of something urgent and essential, utilizing skillful planning and judgment for the express purpose of attaining personal prosperity. And see, when you read that line, you can see in it that it encompasses all of the things that we try to do. Literally, for each of you as an individual, and that's basically why you're here to improve upon yourself. But as you're trying to achieve critical success, one of the things that you have to think critically about is what success means to you personally. And most often, we don't do that. And that's a function of our culture, the society that we live in. Who here wants a luxury vehicle? Raise your hand. Come on, don't lie. <laughs> Who would like a luxury vehicle? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you got a luxury vehicle. I got one, too. Just being honest. But I bring that up because success really is about the person, and you have to relate wealth, success, and rich, and all of these things to you personally. A lot of folks who like to watch Oprah, you're probably getting a Sunday lesson on this all the time. Rich and wealthy is relative, and you have to define what's right for you, and critical success is all about that. That's why you have to think and plan skillfully, and you have to be urgent about it, because it's critical thinking inside. I want what's good for me. But you also have to understand what's going to make you happy. And that's part of the journey. However, remember success is relative, I just said that, and most certainly person-specific. Know what critical success means for you. It's not all about the money. It really is not. And we spend too much time thinking about that, even in the IT field, as we're trying to problem solve, drive for the next promotion, I want to be an expert, I want to get certified. Are you really asking yourself why you want to get certified? Do you really know why you want to go for the next degree? Is that important? I mean, I'm not answering for you. I'm telling you to stop thinking ask. Because that's what you've got to do. Success as defined for you might not be about that certification. These are questions we do not ask ourselves often enough. We come to the conference. We go to the seminar. We collect CDUs, CPUs, EPUs, UDUs, whatever you want to call the unit. You get the next level certification, and I'm ready. And then you go out and get a job, and you tell somebody because you write it on your resume, I'm certified. <laughs> that was hot in the streets. That's right, it's me. You, you need to hire me. Why? 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 Do you know why, Kofi? Uh, yes. Why? Of course. Why? Because I want 
the job. I want the opportunity. I want to be a part of the team. And you really want that? Yeah. Okay, good. That's a good answer. Does it apply to everybody? I love that she's shaking her head. And that is the whole point. Not to make a big dramatic statement about it, but I'm doing so because we don't think about it enough. Why are you pursuing the things you're pursuing? Are they the right things for you? I like to think that now I'm kind of on the right path, but like I said at the beginning, I'm human, so I'm still evolving. I'm working my way there. I would love all of you to join me on the same type of journey. Figure out what's right for you. You know, If it really is a certification, pursue it with gusto. Put the plan together. Make sure you pass the test. If it's not, take the time to stop and think about what it is you're trying to pursue and whether or not it's truly right for you. So what is critical thinking? Now we come to the core of the question. What is it in earnest? You'll find more often than not, people don't know what they are doing. You agree with that, don't you? Now, who else agrees with that? Raise your hand if you agree with that statement. Yes! And they rarely know why. Do you agree with that, too? Yeah, we go about life every day. You get up, you get in the car, you drive there, you do the thing, you wait for five, five, three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. For some of us, you go home, you kiss the baby, you eat the, the meal, you say hi to the wife or the husband, you go to sleep, get do the same thing again. Over and over and over again. It's the right thing for you? I don't know. Why is it important? Because it creates. It's important is it creates what? That's what you gotta figure out. This thing's going to work for me, right? Mm. Critical thinking is the act or practice of one that thinks with careful, exact evaluation and judgment. you got to let that settle for a minute. As you folks walk through life, as you walk through the conference over the next couple of days, you really need to think carefully about what's your purpose and what you're doing, who you're engaging in. Are you fully taking advantage of everything that the conference has to offer? Are you meeting people? Are you networking? Are you making connections that will advance your career? Are you getting the fulfillment that you need? And when you leave here, will you continue to do the same thing? Do these things with careful, exact evaluation and judgment for you personally. That's critical thinking at its core, and you need to apply that across multiple dimensions of your life. If you're not, you're not living critically, let alone thinking critically. Indispensable and essential cognition. Can anybody tell me what that means? Indispensable and essential cognition. Give it a shot. I'm going to pick somebody in one, two, three. Go for it. Yeah? yeah. Um, <laughs> indispensable and essential cognition is a form of awareness, I would say. Okay. And, and make sure you're full aware of your situation or your surroundings. Okay, I can buy that. Anybody else? Can I give it a shot? Kofi. It, it seems like it's uh, it, it's talking about finding what's essential. Like, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about everything or are you thinking about what's essential to the goal? So it says to me. Okay, and I like that. Just take a look at the phrase and then try and make it fit what you know is appropriate, especially given the context of what we're talking about. Cognition is the process of thinking. Right? You know, that's your mind as an engine. If you're thinking well, it's essential and it's indispensable to problem solving. So what I'm asking you to do in this sentence is to be thinking like that more often than not. Notice I didn't say every time because, again, it goes back to the fact that you're human and you can't. What I'm asking you to do, again, is to always stop and think and try. Indispensable, essential cognition. That is your mind at work. 
And before we go any further, I want all of you to always recognize it. Who raise your hand if you exercise? Eric, you know you gotta raise your hand. You were at this morning. <laughs> Just so we're clear, like I told you earlier, I'm not coming down there tomorrow morning. I'm on vacation. I'm not working. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is you need to exercise your mind just like you exercise a muscle, like you work your arms. Some folks seem to think that we're always thinking and that that's just the way it goes. No, it's not. If you're not exercising your mind, you're not doing essential cognition. You're not readying yourself for the problems of today and tomorrow. Essential and indispensable cognition, critical success requires it. Call it critical cognition. If you go back to what I said about critical success, then you realize that using exact judgment, evaluating the situation, understanding all of these things does require you to think critically, and the more you exercise your mind, the better off you'll be at it. It's a skill set that you have to learn. It takes work. So when I show you the methodology, the tool that you use, what I'm going to ask you to do is, every day, give it a shot. Try it. With each day that goes by, you get better. To consider and anticipate a possible action as a result of careful analysis and evaluation. So, at its heart, all of these things together is what critical thinking is all about. Now again, one thing I want to throw out there is critical thinking is about perspective. So it took me some time to define these points. These are what I think are essential in terms of critical thinking and how I apply them at my job. I want you to take those and at the very least utilize these as basis. Because as you go through life, and you work through your day, some of these things may change and mutate a bit. You may use some of them. You may evolve different processes. When I show you my tool for critical thinking, I, say it, I always say it's a basis. It's not the end-all, be-all. What it's meant to do is for you to find what works best for you. And at its heart, that's what critical thinking is all about, understanding perspective, figuring out what actually works. So this is the 3FE system. Find, focus, Establish the fundamentals, execute. So the fine phase, state the issue, the problem, or opportunity. Focus, write down the facts. Who knows what 5WH is? I'm gonna count the three. I'm gonna count the three. Give me one person, somebody stand up. One, two, three. Stand up! So the 5WHs are who, what, live, where, and why. And how? You got it. Where did you learn that? Uh, Boom! How about this? English 101. Who still uses those things when they try to pro solve problems? Raise your You. Jason. Who else? All right. You know, the problem with that is not enough people raise their hand. And I mean that sincerely. Sincerely. 5WH, something you learned in elementary school. And I'm going to tell you what's really funny about this. Felicia, you're recording, aren't you? I'm getting ready to say something Macy-specific, so let's be careful who we show this to. <laughs> I use this at work, and it stuns people. They're like, wow! Can you imagine that? This is third grade. This is third grade. Can I say that again? This is third grade. 5WH. Breaking problems down to their most simplistic nature, taking the complex and devolving it so that you can figure out how to tackle this thing one step at a time. That's what you learned in third grade. 
And as we've gone from grade to grade, degree to degree, and learned methodologies, we walk ourselves into a room and we sit with the team and we start to problem solve and we look at each other and we throw things out and some of us scratch our heads and we just can't figure it out or we overthink it, we fall into analysis paralysis or we move too fast and we fix something and we don't know what we fixed. And we don't even know who we're fixing it for. And we never knew why. We never knew why. Isn't that amazing? We do that every day in IT. And it makes for the most God-awful solutions. Goes out of production and the customer comes back and says, why did, why, why, why did you give that to me? I don't understand why you gave us this application. We're not going to use it. You know, y'all are a bad team. It just doesn't work. You know, y'all just wasted $2 million. Somebody's going to get fired. <laughs> so in the focus phase, really, and... and I can't stress it enough. Breaking things down simplistically is at the core and the heart of what this critical thinking problem solving thing is all about. So then you move to the next phase, establish the fundamentals. What are the possible solutions? Now one thing you've got to understand, and I'm going to go deeper into that in the next slide or so, but once you've started to figure out what the questions are, you've asked these critical questions and you've laid them out, what you start to get from the find and the focus phase is a collection of data. And indispensably, that is very important in terms of IT. We deal with data points all the time. But what's really important about data is it's disparate and siloed and all over the place, and you're trying to make sense out of it, is there are relational points, right? And I mean relational points outside of a relational DBMS. I'm talking about the fact that we store data points and they have meaning to each other. Problem solving often enough is trying to figure out what those data points mean. And once you've done that, you've got something called information. Sometimes we often confuse the two or we interchange, and that's not necessarily the case. Data is just raw. It sits there. It's collected. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Information has value. And once you start to take the data and make it have value, you start to see things that clarify paths towards in terms of progression for resolution. And that's what establishing the fundamental is all about. If you start to make the information work for you, then you see that the relationships say, I can clarify moving left, right, up, down. Things start to make sense. And you can start to posit possible solutions. Maybe run a POC and say this might meet the need. Of course, you already understood what the need was because in the what part, you went deep on that. And then you went and talked to the who you were going to give it to so that they understood very clearly what it was you were trying to deliver. And you said, I'm going to give you five possible iterations. We're going to run an agile process. I'm going to iterate. And I'm going to go ahead and show you what I think might work. And at the end of the day, we think we might be ready to go. We're going to execute. We're going to run it. We're going to gun it. We're going to follow our plan. Ladies and gentlemen, that's 3FB in a nutshell. And that is what I do all the time. I do it in my head so much now that it, it comes to me second nature. It is the poor man's problem-solving tool for critical thinking. Does that make sense? Okay. So, utilizing 3FE. And we're going to go ahead and go back to the young lady that was in the uh, earlier slide. First step is fine. Problem, issue, opportunity. Somebody read that to me. One, two, three. I heard you. Okay, let's say it all together. I want to get a job. Somebody say it with I don't want a job. Somebody say it with gusto. I want to get a job. That's right. I want to get a job. Crazy. It's some energy, people. I want to get a job. We all know folks who want to get a job. In the state of Georgia, the unemployment rate in the active field never went below 2.6%. And I kept running to people who said they wanted to get a job. So, you work in IT? Why don't you have a job? I don't. 
Well, D, Derek, don't call me D. I don't know you. <laughs> Can you take a look at my resume and don't you work in big data? What is big data anyway? <laughs> I want to get a job. What are you doing to get a job? Have you thought critically about the action, the pursuit of getting a job, have you? That's the question, and more often than not, we haven't. I've laid out this bet several times before. If you follow the process that I say in order for you to get a job, I guarantee you, you will get a job. I will eat your shoe. I've never eaten a shoe. <laughs> and I don't plan on starting. I might have to alter that if people start doing this more. But until then, I'll make the bet. I'll give you a 100% guarantee. Second step is focus. 5WH. Who? Your example. What? I need to get a job. When? As soon as possible, three months reasonably, let's be honest. Where? Here in Atlanta, why? I need to seek gainful employment urgently. How? How am I going to get a job? When you think critically about the problem-solving thing, when you're going to dive deep, how becomes so important, right? You've laid out all this stuff in this so-called easy kind of sort of exercise, but how am I going to do it? You know, it, I mean, I really want a job. And you're telling me, Derek, that the unemployment rate was low and... You know, what, what can I do? Well, first thing I want to tell you is I've got, I got an offer for you for an automated testing position. It's $115,000 a year. If you meet the qualifications or at least you work your way up to it, I can get you the job. Or at least I can get you in for an interview. The, you know, you still got to show and prove, baby. Come on now. But how are you going to differentiate yourself in order to get it? How are you going to lock the job? Lock the job. Third step is establish the fundamentals. Build your to-do list of critical activities. Manage your to-do list with contact names and completion dates. Review and update your list on a daily basis. Pro con the analysis of opportunities. So, when I tell a person to do this and they look at me as if you know I'm not connecting one to the other, what I'm asking them to do is sit down and do an analysis of whatever the details are that they found in the previous phase. What opportunity are you really trying to find? What job are you trying to secure? Who do you know in your network? What differentiates you and makes you better than the other candidates that are trying to get the same job? Have you asked yourself these questions? If not, you're doing yourself a disservice. And you will not lock the job. These are the things you have to figure out when you're trying to lock a job. As an employee out there in the state of Georgia in the IT field, I can guarantee you most of the folks who weren't getting jobs did none of these things. They just sent me a resume or they put the resume in the system. And I'll be real plain with y'all, because what was that, maybe two years ago, I'm just going to go ahead and relate a painful story. I read maybe about 130 resumes inside of a three-month period. I had two stacks on my desk, right? There was a stack on the right, and there was a stack on the left. And my trash can was on the left side of my desk. Which stack do you think you wanted your resume in? Right. You wanted it on the right side. Now, you see how my hand is going? That trash can was over on the left. As I read through the resumes, do, do, do you recognize the pain that I was going through? Do, do you see the hurt on my face? As I was telling people, you know, you can get a job. Oh, I've got to read this? It was mind-numbing. Because they all look what? The same. There's no differentiation. You're not thinking about what it is you're trying to do. You're not looking to impress me, and I don't know if you really want the job. The last step, of course, in the 3FE analysis is pull the trigger after you've executed the plan. So, if they had done those things, if they had figured out how they could differentiate themselves, if they had said to themselves, yeah, I really want to lock the job, I really do know this stuff, but I need to practice how I'm going to relate the information, 
through a three-tiered interview so that I can really knock their socks off and do things that I know the other candidates aren't doing, then I know I'm thinking critically about it, and I can get the position that Derek laid out there for me. I, I, I can do this if I do the work. But you got to do the work. Who says that? Let me get that. That sounds like a TV thing or something. <laughs> Oh, yes, right. My wife, teeth dad was in my head. I did my work. All right, locking the job. So, 3FE locked the job. Basically, what we're saying is we're taking those sound principles, that methodology, and applying it again to what the woman in the previous slide was saying. Fired, now hired. What did she do? All right. What do you bring to the interview? What you see right here, in addition to the lock the job, is something that I call the 3FE red resume. The red resume is only the red resume because it sticks out. What I'm asking each of you to do as you're trying to pursue your next level, as you're trying to get the promotion, as you're in transition, whatever it is you're trying to do, I want you to stick out, not like a sore thumb, but like a bright, shiny thumb. I want you to stick out. I want you to differentiate. I want you to know who your brand, what's your brand, who you are. And I want you to be able to relate that inside of 30 seconds. I want you to run an elevator speech and an anti-elevator speech. Can any, does anyone know the difference? Raise your hand if you know the difference. I'm expecting no one to raise their hand. Good. All right, so an elevator speech is probably what you've already heard before. In a couple of seconds, you shake someone's hand. Ah, how you doing? I'm Derek Brown, thinker, writer, innovator. What I really do is problem solve and make dreams come true, because see, I'm good like that. All right, <laughs> elevator speech. But the anti-elevator speech is the kind of engagement where you engender a question. So ask me what I do. Hi, what do you do? Well, what I really do is I work with people to problem solve at a very high degree. I create high performance operating teams. I do things across multiple disciplines, automated testing, data analytics, predictive analytics. I actually am a, uh, I'm a do it all kind of person. And if you were to hire me, I guarantee you, I could show you how I could elevate whatever it is you're working on. And I mean whatever, I'm just that good. So at the very least from an anti-elevated speech perspective, I started a conversation, you need to be able to do both. I know for some of us that's a little bit difficult, but you guys are here at a networking event. What I would love to see you guys do as you walk out of this seminar is you start networking like crazy and you share what you do with each other. Talk about what you're good at. Talk about your disciplines. Talk about your core competencies. Share that knowledge because, see, that creates opportunities. Felicia, what is it that I like to say? Build a network. Leverage a network. network. Create an opportunity. Y'all yeah. go out there and create an opportunity. That's critical thinking in action, too. See that? All right, so the red resume. Reimagine your brand. Differentiate yourself in order to beat the competition. For locking the job, this is critical thinking in action. This is how you apply the skill set of critical thinking in order to get the job that you want tomorrow. I'm really not even talking about what it is you're doing today. I'm asking you to think about your future. I'm asking you to ask yourself those fundamental questions about how after you leave this conference, you're really going to move yourself ahead. You know, probably some of you didn't think about that when you came here. I want you to think about it now. What's next week going to look like when you get home? What are the things that are happening that are difficult in your life that you could possibly use some of these tools to resolve? Think about it. Give it a shot. And I'm going to give out my cards to you after we're done. Shoot me an email. I readily answer questions like these all the time. And I'm passionate about people. I love all y'all. Literally. So, if you need my assistance, reach out to me. So, let's get back to the example, right? Um, the red resume. Now, I know y'all can't read that. And... I had a faux pas. I didn't print out all my copies. So, can y'all excuse me on that? I'm sorry. Can, are we okay? We good? Okay, I'm sorry. All right, but I'm going to walk through it. Okay, so, build your network, leverage your network, create an opportunity. The red resume treatment 
is a 3FE lock-the-job approach that deviates from the norm. It differentiates you so that you stand out in a positive manner, elevating the information presented. Differentiation is key to branding. So you look at this resume, and I tell you often enough, I've clashed with recruiters about it. I understand. You know, it won't go through a systemic automated system because it's got color and different fonts on it. It gets kicked out. That's cool, too. But the main thing that you need to do is come up with both, literally. In a lot of the job process, it requires it. So here's the deal. You can do some of these things. Put a story up front. Say what your core competencies are. And that gets to the system, to the recruiter. That, that works. And you know, you use the watchwords and all of that nonsense that is incredibly boring to people like me who have to read through it. But of course, the first thing is you're going to get through the system. See, we're critically thinking about the process because you've got a plan. You've got a plan. So your plan was first to get through the system and get to the actual recruiter in the HR department. You've done that. But when you show up, I will have that boring thing with me if I liked it enough. But I want more. Or if you're going to a career fair, like some of you will attend later on this week, I want more when, when I see it. Put something hot in my hand. Let me say that again. Put something hot in my hand. See, what I want to be able to do is come over and go, wow, that's hot. I mean, literally. I want to be able to look at the resume and I want to be intrigued. I want to be moved. I really want to look at the piece of paper and be excited. Now, how many raise your hands if you get excited about reading the resume? Julius, you're different. <laughs> and that's okay. I can appreciate that about you. But the majority of us don't. So from a differentiation perspective, what I'm asking you to do is do something with the document that intrigues me. That's all the red resume treatment is about. Highlight your core competencies. Let me read something different. Tell me a story up front that says, this is why I'm so good for the job. Highlight those things for me. When you come in, put a picture on it. Different fonts. These are colored bullets. Put a graph on this thing that shows how you were in a PNL and you showed how you gained profit and an efficiency for the company. I want to see those things. Give me those things. And then I had this conversation with the young lady. She said, well, I don't want to put my picture on my resume. That's, that's, that's not right. I said, well, why? They might not want to hire me. I said, I said, well, why? I said, well, you know, it might be a color thing. I said, well, you, you, you think they're going to lambast you or something because you're black? She said, well, yeah, I see. And you want to work there? <laughs> Are you serious right now? You know, put your picture on it. And of course, recognize that I'm going to go to LinkedIn anyway. Right. You're all around this, right? And then if your picture's not on LinkedIn, then I probably won't choose it because you don't know how to complete your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> that means you got other problems. You come into the door. I'm intrigued. I like your resume. So now what are we going to do in the interview? Critical thinking and action again. And it really does go back to 5WH, even as you're in the interview. What are you thinking? How do you feel? How can you contribute? Why are you here? Why are you doing this? What do you want? When will you be ready? Truly ready. Are you ready for the job? Or perhaps are you trying to shuck and jive me to get in? And if you do that and I catch you, you're in trouble. Who are you? I mean, really, who are you innately? What do you bring to the table? Who are you trying to convince? Really, if you, if you really got to consider this sentence right here, we got a problem. And you might need to walk out. Where can you do what you do? In other words, when you get through the door, where can you contribute best in my organization? These are things that you should be asking yourself before you walk through the door. And I don't want you to memorize the answers. I want you to know the answers. Can you all understand the difference? 
Because see, when you're in an interview, and this is why I tell people another thing about this critical thinking interview exercise is, I want you to practice talking to yourself in the mirror. They go, Derek, what's, I, you know, crazy people do that. And I say, stop lying. You know you talk to yourself in the mirror sometimes. <laughs> I do it. You do it. We all do it. Don't we? We talk to ourselves in the mirror. But the fact of the matter is, I want you to talk to your mirror as an exercise in preparation. And that's the difference. I want you to actually spend about 15 minutes, literally, going through some of these things and prepping yourself. And that's a lot different from a mock interview with someone else you know. Really, this is just you and you. And you sit down and you, first off, you've got to make it through five or ten minutes of that. I want each of you to try tonight. It's probably going to be mine on me. <laughs> It'll blow you away. You might see me later and go, dude, you, you know, um, that wasn't feeling all that good. I understand. But what I'm saying is you go through the exercise, you experience significant improvements in how you relate. These things work. These tools work. Understanding yourself by talking to yourself in the mirror and conducting that one-on-one -on -one interview with just you, it elevates yourself. It works. You need to give it a shot. So asking those questions in preparation for the interview, that's important. So if you've done all of that, oh, and before I move on to conflict management, one other thing, back to, to the preparation thing. I've always got to ask this because it's, it's critical thinking, it's the branding, it's locking the job in the interview. What I really want to know is how many people here have a, a, a website? Wow, that's it? I gotta raise my hand too, I'm sorry. Why would I want you to have a website? Can anybody answer that for me? It's like a personal, a really personal resume. It's open all day long. That's right, it's open all day long. And I actually, I didn't, and somebody said, Felicia, you know I talk too much. I'm running out of time. I got to get through this presentation. <laughs> okay, so each of you, if you don't have a website, please get yourself a website. The reason is for exactly what Kofi said. Again, critical thinking, differentiation, and branding. I have to tell you, only twice has a developer walked into my office and sat down and directed me to their website. Do you, can you imagine, Julius wants to say something. Um, if you don't have a website, maybe you don't want to have one, another thing to do is there's a website called SlideShare. Yes. I uploaded my resume to SlideShare probably about a month ago, two months ago, and I checked the other day, I got over a thousand views on it after a couple of months. So if you're not aware of SlideShare, Google that. I get SlideShares all the time. And that actually ties to another thing that I want to stress. Get your website if you, actually I think it's a, it's a necessary component. What you can put in it is your visual resume. You put your visual resume in SlideShare and these things get shared across the board. IT managers love to see stuff like that. You come in and sit down and then what you do is you show me what's hot on your website and show me the source code, which because I, I don't really code, I tell people what to do. I look at it and go, oh, that's hot, and I call in a specialist. But the thing is, that really is differentiating. That's how I said, if you're a project manager, the same thing applies. Julia, shoot. Quick thing, just um, remove your address and your phone number and create another email address yeah, got it. Hang on to that. So again, the, the website, and it's not just an IT thing, people. I, I tell this to people outside the field from the lock the job perspective. Tomorrow's kids are doing this. Kids coming out of tech. Dopes should be doing it now. Just get your website. Advertise who you are. That's how you lock the job. All right, and I'm going to have to accelerate my speed here. So conflict management and critical thinking, how do we get deal with conflict? The hallmark of the critical thinker. And this goes back to the question, I'm sorry, what's your name? Eon. Eon? Eon. 
Theani. Okay, did I say that right? No, somebody help me. Theani. All right, I, third time to jump. Okay. <laughs> so Theani, the hallmark of the critical thinker. Kofi, you're up close. Read that for me. The uh, aspiring critical thinker seeks to internalize and understand the perspective of others, most especially when that perspective is diametrically or violently opposed to their own. Now, what you really have to understand, the core tenet of that statement means that even if I hate Kofi, I mean, I hate him down to the bone and blood, and I don't like what he's doing at all, I'm going to stop, I'm going to think, and I'm going to ask myself why he's doing the thing that he's doing. This works in politics. Would Congress only use it? The fact of the matter is, in any given situation, when you stand opposed to someone else, a critical thinker, a true aspiring critical thinker will stop and say, why are they doing what they are doing? Who are they doing it for? What was the purpose? And if I internalize that and try and grasp a little bit of the passion that they have for their perspective, maybe, just maybe, I can find that dividing line and step over it just a little bit. Because between any two areas in a given argument, there's always common ground. Most of us will say, eh, not so much, but I guarantee you, there is. And you find it when you stop and you consider what, why, and how the other person is doing what they're doing. And if you're doing that, then you're already starting to think critically. But remember, it's an exercise. It's not a sprint. you got to work it constantly. So remember that one. Um, I think the slides are being posted somewhere. So I actually keep this on my wall at work. The hallmark of the critical thinker. That's what I try to do every day. And believe me, again, folks, I said I'm human. It gets hard. But, you know, sometimes I just don't like people. <laughs> Be real honest about it. So... Conflict management and critical thinking. This is me at work. Did he really just say that? I mean, really? Did he really just say that? What, what, what's on his mind? This is me getting frustrated and people are looking at me and saying, Derek, it's showing on your face. I didn't say it out loud, but it's, it's showing on my face. I'm really trying to work with you here. That's me trying to be an aspiring critical thinker. You know, <laughs> you pushing me, Playboy. <laughs> you pushing me. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> really? Well, I just don't. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't get it. But at the end of the day, I'll go back to the hallmark and I'll wipe all of these passionate expressions off my face, and I'll try and work with you on it. Because again, there is common ground. Oh, Jews, I thought you were raising your hand. You're taking a picture that matters. <laughs> okay. All right, so working the project. Use 3FE and apply critical thinking on the job in order to break down complex problems, create clarity, and generate solutions that are efficient, optimized, and holistic. Divine your best thinking. And the reason I put this up here is because, you know, we all talk about big data, so. And y'all heard me laugh about this it, because I've dealt with it so much that it really does amuse me. So somebody, give me a definition of big data, anybody. One, two, go for it. When you structure and unstructured data, make it make sense. Okay, I can take that. Um, who can I pick on? I'm going to pick on dude on the smartphone. Dude, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I, I had to get you. Is it work? It's the wife. It's, it's work. All right, you got to handle that. Okay, take, take a quick break. Take a quick break. So what's big data? Uh, I'll say big data is it encompasses everything that we do every day. You know, everything we utilize. Personal information, bank accounts, everything. Anybody else? 
Okay, I laugh at big data. It's not necessarily an oxymoron. It's just it's a straight definition, and we've like we do in a lot of things in IT, we evolve and add all kinds of crap on top of it. Big data is just what the definition says. That there's a descriptor here for this now. Big. It's just big. That's all big data is. It's just a whole bunch of data. Now, when we really start to address big data as a problem, and we want to really do something about it, then. The other thing up here is what becomes critically important, real-time processing. Things that we can't necessarily accomplish in batch processes overnight or maybe over a weekend process because the data is siloed and it's just too large. That's at the core of big data and real-time analytics, right? Trying to figure out how to grab some of this stuff and put it in an environment where you can consume it. That's what folks try to use Hadoop or some other process to say, I'm going to take data over here and data over there, find out what's meaningful, ask the business questions, merge it together, and hopefully get it to the point where the customer can use it. So why do we tie this to critical thinking? Because it's one of the major problems that we have in IT. And if you use 3FE in order to problem solve, then what are you going to do? You're going to ask those core questions up front, right? You're going to look at things like this and understand where your data is sourced. You're going to understand your ETL processes. You're going to understand the tools that are being consumed on the other end. You're going to understand the middle layer. You're going to ask the questions about the business process and try and determine whether you can tier the data and stage it appropriately for consumption. You're going to ask these critical questions because you know they apply. And then before you actually get into an execution phase, you'll vet it. You'll take your fundamental plan, ask it again and again and again and get your business partner on deck two to say, does this make sense? Can I solve this big data problem for your real world consumption? That's the FE in action in the IT environment. And when you break these things down, you can also work that solution onto your teams. Because people sometimes tend to fall in some of those areas. I'm getting the, the, the light. So I'll just say this real quick. 3FE, find focus, establish the fundamentals, and execute. Sometimes you'll find the folks on your team fall in some of those categories. And you can use this tool effectively to run them effectively. Not against them, but you know, with them. So you got your finders, your focusers, your folks that do well with planning, and folks that execute very well. Use the same methodology in terms of managing the team as you manage the problem. Okay, let me see if I can get this thing. Oh, yeah, hey, how about that? What, I got four minutes now? Three, two? All right. And maybe I can understand one question. So when we close out, I just want you guys to remember, and this was core to me. I had this up on my wall, too. Critical thinking, again, it's a passion for me. And what I tell people is if you make it a lifelong passion in order to problem solve, relate to people, and elevate yourself, then you'll understand truly the path of wisdom is brightly illuminated by the light of perspective. And what does that mean? That means that no matter what your perspective is or mine, I will consider it. And I know I'm becoming more wise because I am not jumping to conclusions about what you or you or you think. And I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm willing to say that I'm wrong. But I'm also saying that if we can find a way to work together, we can define the right path forward. Again, feel free to reach out to me. And before they open the doors, can I entertain any questions? Go for it. I have one small question. So uh, I think we have all met someone or known someone who they seem to, you know, they'll think and make a decision, not, not necessarily a business decision or a career decision, but critical thinking goes across all aspects of life and whatever. So we meet somebody who might seem like their thinking just leads to horrible decisions every time. Like, do you think there's a way for somebody who may not? naturally be as intelligent when it comes to critical thinking to build critical thinking skills or do you think it's like kind of you it's like you have it you can build on it or you kind of just don't have it and you have to like seek advice from someone else or do you think people that don't have it can build it and get it everybody has the ability to think critically 
The only thing you need to do is commit yourself to the activity, and it comes first and foremost from education. Who here reads a, a book at least once a month? Raise your hand. Okay, so I'm going to say right now, you need to read. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Starting off, I don't care what you read. Because, see, the act of reading actually makes your brain cells fire off a little more. Because just like watching TV, see, well, on a television, the world is already imagined for you. In a book, you have to work your mind and create the images from the words. It's a much more of a mental exercise, you see. So exercising your mind is what's essential. Once you start to do that, you can start to ask critical questions. All you need to do is just say, I'm going to do it. And you can't do it with antagonism. You can't engage in a debate and start to say to someone, I think you're wrong just because. It's a method. We call it the Socratic method. If you would engage in a debate and you would do that over and over again, you can build your confidence and you can become a better critical thinker. This is true for just about anybody. You have to have a mental deficiency not to be able to think critically. Everybody else who's on a common level can improve their level of thought. Who's next? Is she still recording? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be real honest with you. There are a lot of books out there, but I don't necessarily recommend one. And the, well, I'll say it like this. Read as much as you can. I don't think there's one that's better than any other. What I really think you need to be focused on is just trying to pick up as much information as you can. 